0: As i said please have ephesians 4 open in front of you now the message of christianity can sometimes be confused as simply being nice Oh, you're a christian people might say oh and in people's minds it can often be there's somebody who tries to be nice somebody who is religious somebody who um, tries hard to be good and do good things but the book of ephesians has blown that out of the water that kind of idea the book of Ephesians has been showing us that the message of Jesus and the message of Christianity isn't just a little change of lifestyle, it is actually part of God's plan to fix everything. We're told in chapter 1 that God's plan is to bring everything together under Christ. Everything at the moment is fallen apart, relationships uh, and um, countries and nations and our bodies, everything's falling apart, but Jesus is one day going to bring it all back together. He's going to fix it. That's what the gospel message is bringing us to. That's what it's pointing us to. And part of God's plan in bringing all things together at the central part of it is the church, God's people. Now, the church in Ephesus, remember, would have felt small and And inferior and insignificant because of the size of the temple that was in Ephesus. And every day they'd have that reminder that people come from all over the world to worship this goddess there. And there they were meeting in in their homes or in small groups, thinking, who are we? We feel small. We feel massively going against the flow. But in the same way, can't we feel that? We can feel small and insignificant. We can feel like we're going against the flow and we can feel irrelevant. We can feel discouraged. But over these first three chapters, Paul has been painting this huge, glorious picture that God's plan, at the center of it, is his people and how precious we are to him. Part of God's plan to help us to keep going in the faith is one another. We need each other. We need the church to help us in our spiritual walk. But there's a problem, isn't there? This grand plan, this glorious plan at the heart is the church. The church is there to help us to keep going and to support one another. But so often the church can be the place of real heartache and division and tensions. And instead of being an encouragement to us, can end up bringing us a big discouragement. Can end up being a real source of hurt and pain. So here this morning as we come to chapter 4, as I said, the, 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 the part 2 of the book where we're now being told look, because of chapters 1 to 3, All that is true now this is how we're to live he focuses in the first thing he says is he wants us to see that we need to be united together the believers need to be one need to be connected need to be united so how can we be united as christians let's look at four things from this passage we need to know something live something show something and see something let's look at the first one we need to know the gospel if we are to be a united people We are to be one together, not divided. We need to know the gospel. Now, look what Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 4. I therefore, therefore, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, look, therefore, so because of everything I've just said, chapters 1, 2, and 3, because of all of that, you now need to walk in a way that reflects it. You need to walk in a way that shows that is true, worthy of your calling, your calling to be one of God's children, to be in Christ. You're calling to be part of this glorious plan. Live like it. That's got to make a difference. So therefore, what has Paul said so far in chapters 1 to 3? Quick reminder. He has said that if you're trusting in Jesus, you are safe in him. If you are trusting in Jesus, you are secure. He will not let you go. God the Father loves you as much and with the same love that he loves the Son, you are safe. You are chosen. Not choice, but chosen. Because we couldn't choose him on our own. He had to choose us. We are loved with an eternal love. We are accepted in Christ. Not rejected, but welcomed in. We're forgiven. All the wrong we've done has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. We have been redeemed. The price has been paid to set us free now from sin and death and condemnation. We are on our way to glory. We've been filled with the spirit of Christ and that guarantees us. That is the security, that is the the badge, the stamp, the seal of our guaranteed eternal life. We are on our way to heaven, not because of our goodness, because Jesus has done it all. And you are saved not by works not by what we do but by grace by god's gift he's done it all from beginning to end it's all him all for his glory and now you are united together with brothers and sisters who have the same faith who've been saved in the same way from all different types of backgrounds jews and gentiles everybody is now one together and paul is saying get all this in your heads and now live in a way that shows that show that is true So in chapter four, and for the rest of this letter now, he starts to say, so this is how we're to live. This is how we live in the light of it. Now, before we go any further in this passage, just understanding the shape of Ephesians is really important for us to see. Because look what he says. He doesn't start his letter with, because obviously there was tensions here in the church, in Ephesus, between Jew and Gentile. That's why he's had to deal with that and the unity that's there already. He doesn't start by saying, Right, you lot, there's divisions, there's tensions here, sort it out. He doesn't say that, does he? He doesn't tell them, right, you need to stop falling out. Be nice to each other. No, he said he wants to show them what is true for them as Christians. He wants to show them the truth, the deep and wonderful, soul-satisfying truths of the gospel. He says, look, understand this. And when you see that, only when you see that, only when you grasp that, will you be able to live in this way. Now, we need to see that chapters 1, 2, and 3 come before 4, 5, and 6. Now, you know that's basic maths, but we need to see what's taught there comes before the second part. Because, again, this is so often misunderstood with um, Christianity and followers of Jesus. Because so often people can think that being a Christian is about being nice and doing good. And so, if, you're ever, if you've ever said, I could never become a Christian because I couldn't keep it up, if you've heard that said that person or you just haven't grasped what true christianity is about none of us can keep it up it's not about being good or doing good we can't do it in order to god's acceptance he's done it all for us now a good way to see this in in action as well is in the old testament in exodus we often go back to exodus it's a a great picture of salvation because there they were god's people in egypt slaves under these tyrants the egyptians and god came and he set them free he used moses and he came and they were slaves set them free took them to mount sinai and there said i am your god you are my people that was like a the marriage point the marriage ceremony i'm committing myself to you now here are the ten commandments live like this because you're mine this is what i love this is what i hate live in this way do you notice the order Did God say to the Israelites as they were slaves in Egypt, right, here are my Ten Commandments. I'm going to leave them with you for a few years. If you manage to do them well, then I will come and rescue you and set you free. No, he didn't. He set them free. Then he showed them how much he loved them. Then he said, this is now how you are to live. So today if you're putting off trusting in Jesus because you think you wouldn't be able to keep it up, because you're not good enough, if you think, oh, there's no way I could be a Christian, I'm just, well, please look again at what the Bible is all about. It is about God coming into this world to save and rescue us, not for us to to save ourselves and try and get ourselves to God. He has done it all. And if we put our trust in him, then we're saved and accepted, and then we realize, I haven't done this on my own. I haven't saved myself. God has done it. It's by his grace, not by works. That's what Ephesians chapter 2 is all about. So when we realize God's goodness and his love for us, when we realize what he's done, we are changed from the inside out. Suddenly we realize God isn't an ogre in the sky who demands us to do things just for the sake of it. No, he's a loving father who loves us and wants what's best for us. So his commands are good and right and we can trust him only in the light of the gospel do we see that our hearts are transformed by the love and the glory that he's shown us in the gospel as one person has put it very helpfully religion says if i obey then i am accepted that's what a religion would say i have to do all these certain things then maybe god will accept me but the gospel says this i am accepted therefore i obey and it's so important we get that the right way around if we are to be a united church We need to grasp first of all we need to know the gospel the heartbeat of everything we need to do needs to be chapters 1 2 and 3 to see what god has done for us in his son the lord jesus know the gospel secondly we need to live the gospel so let's jump to verse 3 now and see what uh, paul says there he says um, that there we need to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace now remember paul is writing to a church in ephesus which has got jews in it and gentiles we've seen before that these two groups of people wouldn't normally have mixed they wouldn't have been in each other's homes they'd have avoided each other but now they are brothers and sisters in christ now they are one and so verse three is showing us look you need to maintain the unity now look what that's telling us the fact that that is here shows us that unity in a church isn't just automatic it doesn't just happen now you know otherwise paul wouldn't need to mention it here and he wouldn't need to mention it in other letters where he does and it's worth us pausing again here we know that many of the letters in the new testament are written to churches because there's tensions there We can often think of the early church as a church that didn't have any problems at all, but no, straight from the off, there were tensions, there were divisions, there, there were people falling out, there were problems. And here again, Paul is saying, maintain the unity, watch out, be careful. This is something you're going to have to work on. This won't be automatic. We need to work at this. And time and time again, when Paul addresses, it's so important for us to see that this is a priority. remember Jesus in John 17, he is praying there just before he goes to the cross. The glorious prayer there of what is on the heart of the Son of God before he goes to the cross. And how does that prayer end? He says this, I don't ask for these only, that's the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you've sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, and they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Do you see, Jesus is praying for it. So he knows that this is something that isn't automatic, something we're going to have to work on, something that we're going to have to put effort into. So as we think on that, do you see, it shouldn't surprise us If there's tensions in churches it's been there from the very beginning we'll go on to see next time that actually one of the reasons is because we're all spiritual babies we're immature we need to grow in different areas we need God's help with that but we've seen haven't we already in Ephesians we are being joined together we are being built together we're works in progress this is a building site and on a building site you need a hard hat to prepare for things that are there know we pray, don't we, that many people would come to know Jesus. We pray that people in our valley would come to love and trust him. And when people come in to trust in Jesus, there will be issues and people, things that people are struggling with. There'll be tensions and personality clashes. And we need to be aware of that. Maintain the unity. Keep praying for it. Don't take it for granted. As a church, we're so thankful, aren't we, for the unity and the love and the bond that we have together here. But we can't take it for granted. We need to keep praying for it. And seeing, as we look at this, some of the practical things we can put into place. So, we need to remember the gospel. We need to live it. Now, if we live the gospel out, this will help us with this truth as well, that we need to maintain the unity. Because what does the Bible tell us? Well, naturally, we're born opposing God. We're, we are enemies of His. We put ourselves first, not God. That is our natural kind of inkling. Our, our uh, leaning is not towards serving and loving others, but... To serving and loving ourselves and even though we're saved we're forgiven we still have the flesh don't we the, our old self is still there and so we still have these these natural kind of um, desires to want to just serve ourselves have our own way think what's best for us we still have this flesh of sinful nature until the day we die until we go to glory so when we put all that together what do we got we've got a group of sinners struggling in different ways with our different struggles, with our different sins and different weaknesses. We've all got different ideas and different priorities and different views. We're going to wind each other up and clash together at points. We're going to say things that are going to upset each other because we are works in progress. So when someone upsets you or says something that hurts you or rubs you the wrong way, please remember they're not the finished product. And as you remember that remember as well that you yourself, I am not the finished product. I have a big potential to upset others. I have a big potential to uh, be full of what I want and not what others want. As Jesus says, isn't it, when you see someone sin, you've, you might see the sawdust in their eye, but remember you've got a plank in your own. It should keep us humble. It should keep us um, aware of our need. There's a book on marriage, and the title is very helpful. The title is this, When Sinners Say I Do. And even the title is helpful isn't it because it shows look there's two people who are sinners coming together and committing to one another so does that mean that marriage is going to be easy of course not we've got two sinners coming together it's realistic and in the world we're in there in the, when we think of our church we're all sinners coming together and so we're a work in progress we need to live the gospel have those realities in mind we may, can easily upset others and others can easily upset us and remember that. Keep that in mind. Live the gospel. So we need to know the gospel. Remember chapters one, two, and three. Become four, before four, five, and six. We need to live the gospel. Maintain the unity. This isn't automatic. And the third thing is this: we need to show the gospel. Show the gospel. Now look at verse two. Now let's read from verse one. Just to remember what's there. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love. So Paul tells us, look, if you grasp chapters 1, 2, and 3, this is what it's going to look like. This is the heart that it looks like. And it's interesting, isn't it, that Paul doesn't say, so this is the structure you need to be united together. These are the things to put in place. No, unity starts in each one of our hearts, which means disunity is because of issues in our heart. What does he talk about well the character what's the character of unity the first thing there you see the first word verse 2 with all humility counting others before yourself putting other people's needs and desires and wants and preferences before your own as um, somebody has once said humility is not thinking less of yourself but thinking of yourself less thinking of yourself less, thinking of others more than you think of yourself. It means we don't say, I know the answer here, but we have a humility about it and say we're not sure. It means we're ready to change our mind about things. It means our reputations aren't the most important thing to us, but that we want to lay down our lives for others. Humility says, I want to put you first, not me. Now, can you imagine a place where everybody is saying that? no, no, I want want to serve you. I want to put you first, not myself. Well, that's so different, isn't it, to what we see around. Let's pray for humility amongst us. The second thing he says is gentleness. Now, gentleness isn't somebody who's weak and a pushover, but gentleness is a controlled spirit. That is, we don't force our way. We don't fly off the handle. It is a, we um, are careful and gentle with other people's views and rights we are told in in, um, um, galatians 6 that when someone falls when they struggle we're to restore them with what gentleness to be together to stick together we're going to need gentleness it's the same word for meek so in um, matthew 5 jesus says blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth meekness and gentleness isn't something that is held up very highly as it today but jesus says they're the ones who will inherit the earth They are the champions in God's kingdom, gentleness. So we need humility, we need gentleness. The third thing, what else is this character of unity? Is patience, with patience. The word there means literally slow to anger. And so we have a patience and awareness and a calmness. It kind of protects us from rage or bitterness or slander. Again, not flying off the handle. And all over the New Testament, we see the command to be patient with each other you see that's assuming isn't it there are going to be reasons for us to be angry with each other so we need to be slow to anger we need to take a breath take a moment before we um, get angry uh, before we get there so that's that is diffused humility gentleness patience and the last one is very similar to that to patience is bearing with one another so that means we tolerate each other's faults and quirks uh, we we probably have a lot ourselves that we can't see so as we tolerate other people's we are praying that other people will tolerate our quirks and um, faults as well so if you um, other people wind you up there are probably ways in which you wind other people up as well so when you put these realities together can you see how they are the character of unity if we were living in a way that was saying you first not me if we are a gentleness, a controlled spirit that we use careful with our words and careful with our actions, if we are all patient and not getting angry and slow to anger, taking time, if we're all ready to put up for each other, then there is hope for unity. That's the kind of thing. We see that picture, don't we? But as we read through those characteristics, as we hear that character, who does it remind you of? Who puts others' needs before their own? Who is it who is gentle and lowly in heart? Who is patient and slow to anger? Who bears with sinners even though they let him down time and time again? Isn't that Christ? Isn't that our Savior? So when we are tempted to put ourselves and our desires and our preferences first, let's remember the the humility of Christ, that he didn't hold equality with God something to be held on to, but laid down his life for us. He humbled himself. He put our needs before his own. He served us, which helps us to then serve others. When we're tempted to use unkind, harsh words, let's remember the gentleness of Jesus. A bruised reed he won't break, a reed that looks like it's about to snap, we're told Jesus won't snap it. A a candle that's about to go out, a burning wick, he won't snuff it out. He's gentle and lowly in heart. He doesn't crush us, Even though we're broken, he restores. When you think and you feel the anger coming, let's remember Jesus' patience with us. Everything he's put up with over the years, all the ways we've let him down, and he's stuck with us. That helps us to be patient with one another. When we feel maybe like giving up on church, remember that Jesus will never give up on you. He's started a work in you and he will complete it. This is living out the gospel living this unity and when christ becomes the most important one when his glory and his character kind of overwhelms us and we see his humility his gentleness his patience his um, self-control when we see all of that that he is bearing with us then we can do that to each other he fills us up he satisfies our hearts remember that prayer that jesus prayed I pray that you would help them to be one, Father, as you and I are one. When the world sees a unity like this, we reflect something of who God is for the world to see. Remember, we thought a few weeks ago about the church in God's eyes is a taste of heaven on earth. We're to reflect the relationship of the Trinity with us, the the, the diversity and the love and the unity. And this is something that we cannot do on our own, is it? We need God's help. And so let's pray. Let's pray into these characteristics. As we read through those, I wonder where you feel the area you're most vulnerable and needy in. Are you aware of pride and arrogance? Are you aware of just wanting to push your way and your agenda? Well, let's pray this week. Lord, help me to be humble like Jesus. Help me to serve others like he has served me and put my needs before his own. Maybe you're aware you're quick to anger And you need to work on patience and pray Lord help me to see the patience that God has with me maybe you are aware you're insensitive you can be rough with people you you're, you're quick to impose your ways on them then pray that God would help us to have a gentle spirit like Christ gentle and lowly in heart maybe you just struggle with people's shortcomings and they really wind you up pray that you would bear with others as people bear with you these are challenging words but we've got a savior who lives this for us and in all the ways we failed he has victoriously done it he's lived that life we could never live so if we feel like we've short if shortcomings here we bring it to the cross and say lord forgive me now help me to live like christ so we know the gospel we live the gospel we show the gospel and the last thing is this we see the truth now verse 3 says maintain the unity it doesn't say create unity You need to create unity between you. No, it doesn't say that. It says keep the unity that you already have. Maintain it. So you've got this unity already. It's there. And Paul wants to kind of lay it on thick now to show us how united we actually are and all the things we have in common. How united are we? Well, look what he goes through this list from verse 4. There is one body. The church is the body of Christ. We're going to see that next time. Christ is the head and we are all the parts Fingers, toes, heart, lungs, all the other parts. We're all working together. We need each other. We're one. Now, if a body starts to fight against itself, well, that's a recipe for disaster. That's not going to help, is it? We are one body. We function together. God has given us gifts to serve and help one another. We need each other. That's how connected you are. You're one body. Not only that, but we're called there is one, um, one faith. Sorry, one body and one spirit. One spirit. Ephesians 1.13 tells us we are all baptized into the Spirit. We all have the Spirit of Christ within us. We are united together because at conversion, we are given the Spirit. Every Christian, we have the same Spirit of God dwelling in us. We're united. We have that Spirit. That is why you can go um, over the other side of the world to a church and you can talk to a Christian and there is a bond there that is deep because we have the same Spirit within us. We are united. We are one. We are one body. We're one spirit. What next? We're we're told we have one hope that belongs to your call. We are headed to the same destination. We're going to heaven where we'll be together forever on a world made new. Now, the way some Christians talk about each other, you'd never believe that we're going to spend eternity together. But we are. We have the same hope, the same destination. We have the same Lord, we're told, verse 5 the same Savior, the one who gave it all up for us. We have the same Savior, and we love him together. He has united us. We are saved by one, only one name under heaven, by which men and women can be saved, Jesus and Jesus alone. He's the Savior. One faith. We have the same core truths at the start of the service we read the apostles creed which churches have been reading for centuries that shows us look we have the same beliefs we believe the same truths there may be some things that aren't essential to the gospel that we'll disagree on but when it comes to jesus christ when it comes to our need for him and him alone being our hope we are united by the same faith there is one baptism baptism is the outward picture of what's happened inwardly to us so when somebody goes under the water their old self has died the new self has risen one faith it shows us that we are baptized in the spirit it shows us outward picture of what inwardly has been happening and so we have been born again we are saved in the same way we're united together one god and one father of all we're in the same family we're in the same, um, fa- we have the same father, we have brothers and sisters. Can you see? We're all, Paul is saying, look at the truth. See it. Because we are one. We have all these things together. The commentators point out this. Is said it. They would remind me. so as Paul is saying look look at the gospel see what you do, now live that out walk in a manner worthy and to hit home with our relationship together so let's pray this week that our minds would be on these truths that we have together and are united in that God would help us to sustain that and maintain the unity by praying for humility gentle and patience and bearing with one another and knowing this bond of peace because of the peace that we have with God. See the church isn't small and insignificant but central to God's plans to bring all things together and we need each other and we need to uh, humbly serve one another. Now maybe you're a Christian here this morning, Um, not a Christian here this morning and you've seen in church something of this it won't be perfect in any church they'll be false but maybe you've just seen a love or, or a care or a concern that there is between believers can you please see that is not just because this is some kind of social club where people are trying to be nice it is because a supernatural work has happened God has rescued us and saved us and we know these true we can see these truths that God has brought us together to help one another to keep going and so if you have seen that don't think more of us think more of Jesus and come and know the same saviour he can be your saviour too trust in him because it's all of him and he's done it all so this morning let's pray that we know the gospel pray that we live the gospel that we show the gospel and see this truth together let's uh, just spend a few moments in silence as we reflect on that uh, and then we'll close by singing our last song father these words are so hard to hear because we know lord that uh, so often churches can be places where there is uh, tensions and, and troubles and struggles but we thank you lord that we come to a god this morning who has served us in the way that you ask us to serve others thank you lord jesus for your humility thank you for putting our needs before your own thank you lord jesus for your patience with us that you are slow to anger Thank you lord jesus that you are gentle with us gentle and lowly in heart thank you for bearing with us and not giving up on us help us lord to reflect christ in our life together as a church and we pray this in jesus name amen